to do. Do do. Hey, welcome to my favorite haunting, the podcast. I'm Mel. I'm Ames. It's episode forty-eight. Oh, you know what we forgot to do last week was this is the podcast of random topic changes and giggles and jokes and. Sometimes we talk about history and ghosts, and we're not scary. So if you came to be scared, you know, I was because the whole like review thing where people were rating us like one stars for bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering if they were thinking that they were going to get like a creepy ghost story, hmm. and then they were upset that they were like, "Why am I listening to history?" Hmm, maybe. Why are they laughing? Yeah, I well, don't know. Yeah, we're under the humor section, I, right? Or comedy? Well, we're under we're under comedy, history, and hobbies, because ghost hunting is, is a counts as a hobby, I guess. Hmm. But I don't. But I mean, it might be my own fault for trying to apply logic to where there may just not be one because it's the internet and people can't be hateful in real life to other people's faces because they're cowards. So they come to the internet to troll and. You know, I can be a dick here because I can just not read your response mm-hmm. as opposed to if I come at my real issue head on, someone's going to come back at me. Yeah. I don't know. That's the psychologist in me trying to make sense of human thinking. I, I don't think there is any sense to be made of it. It just is what it is. And you know what? I've been thinking about it and I don't care. Yeah. Our fans like us. And I think we have some awesome fucking fans, too. Yeah, we did do. we talk about the did we talk about the fan art already with the the lord of the Rings. yes we did i think <laughs> i still think about that it cracks me the fuck up <laughs> like that's fucking awesome yeah we have people writing in with their stories and wanting to share and you know i already got on my soapbox about all this shit it just you know it's one of those things that i come back to because it's like i do want to provide quality entertainment mm-hmm. but also I'm not going to compromise myself and be someone I'm not. So, you know. Yeah. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's that. Okay. Do we, do we, oh, I'll do, I'll do this announcement at the beginning. Um, Speaking of uh, writing in ghost stories and stuff, we have a couple of um, emails that we've gotten from listeners about their own experiences and, um, but we don't have quite enough to do a complete bonus episode on them. Uh, so if you have an experience you would like to share with the world or our 52 listeners, <laughs> type that shit up and email it to us at myfavoritehaunting at gmail.com. And favorite is spelled the American way, not the British way. Yes. <laughs> There's no U in favorite, in our favorite. There's a U in haunting. Put that U in. <laughs> That's my announcement for today. More announcements at the end. Oh, and wash your hands. Okay. <laughs> I'm done. Do you have a ghost story you'd like to share with us today? Uh, yes, I do. Sweet. And I'm sorry. Uh-oh. It has to do with children. No. There's a child ghost in mind, too. <laughs> I did St. Vincent's Guest House, uh, a former infant asylum in New Orleans, Louisiana. It's in the Garden District. Infant asylum? <gasps> I know the okay. I know this place. Oh, you do? Yeah, it was on because uh, I was just there in the fall. And it was on the ghost tour. Oh, cool. I don't. I'm sure you have more information than what we got because you know those ghost tours are real quick. They just like stop and mm-hmm. give you a brief thing and then. Okay, hit me. Saint Vincent's was built in 
1861 as an orphanage. It was founded by the Daughters of Charity Order of Nuns. However, much of the funding was provided by Margaret Pottery. She was an illiterate Irish immigrant who, from nothing, built a thriving bakery business and became New Orleans' foremost philanthropist. She lost her own child and husband to yellow fever, which was prevalent in New Orleans at the time. The mosquito-borne diseases killed thousands every summer until the early 1900s when the link between mosquitoes and the diseases became understood and public works were undertaken to reduce mosquito breeding grounds. The orphanages were much needed in this area at this time, so St. Vincent's and a nearby St. Elizabeth's were built to house the orphans, and later unwed mothers and children were housed there till the 1970s, and possibly into the 1980s because I came across a personal account of someone that said that they were there as an unwed mother in the 80s. And they still received visits and letters from people who were raised there during the time it was an orphanage. Then Peter Schreiber and Sally Leonard rescued the near-derelict building in 1994 and remodeled it to become the unique guest house, which also people know as hostels. Currently, it's in the process of becoming a luxury hotel. <laughs> of course it is. Like, when I went on it, the web, its website, it was showing, like, available availability and non-availability. And, like, March 31st, there was, like, a couple rooms available. And then the rest of the entire months around it were all blacked out. Oh. So, so it's going to be pretty popular. I'm not sure if you can still stay here or not. Because it's it's not under construction as of this moment, I don't think. It's confusing because... Oh, like, but like they're blocking out the dates because they're going to get ready for construction. I think so. There's, um, I can't remember the name of the company and I tried to look it back up and I couldn't, I couldn't come across it. But there's a company that, or a group that specifically does like two hour ghost hunts there. Oh, and I don't know if they are still running ghost hunts or not. It was it was kind of confusing how like some it seemed like it you could, but then I tried to go to the place to like see how much it was to do it, and then it I couldn't it did it, it took me to something different, and I couldn't figure it out. Mm. So it was weird. But I think if you Google Saint Vincent Ghost Hunt, probably find up. something unless they are going to start construction or renovations or whatever soon. And then they might be, yeah, like, cutting it all off. That's why I was wondering, like, are they still doing some right now while they're waiting to start construction? And then, like, they're going to have to stop them soon because construction's going to start? Or I don't know exactly what it was. But, like, the links didn't always go where they seemed to be leading. <laughs> that's all for the history. I mean... It was one thing for a very long time. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, it's been a hostel since. So we can move on to the haunting. Hostels terrify me. I don't think I could ever stay in one. <laughs> I know they're supposed to, in Europe, they're supposed to be a lot better than they are here. But they, I don't know. I don't trust people and there's not enough privacy there in those. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I guess if you're on a, if you're traveling on the cheap, I, and you know, yeah, it makes sense, but 
And there's, um, like, if you're traveling with a group, I think there's smaller rooms with, like, four or five beds. Oh, yeah. If you've got four or five people, you can all go into one room together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they have, this place has a couple single rooms, like single beds. You got to share a bathroom, though. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So many guests report apparitions of children laughing and playing in the hallway. Of course. And then there's the shadowy spirit of a nun, often reported being seen descending the main staircase in the early morning. And she is also seen on the top floor's second wing. Investigators that have come here reported getting a child to roll a ping pong ball. And then they were using dowsing rods to communicate. And they got them to spin. And they got voices through a spirit box. They did not specify what the voices said. Get out. (laughs) I made that up. That's not true. Or it might be. We don't know. The children spirits seem to be mostly playful. They're heard laughing and playing all over the house. Um, Some have even awakened to see them sitting at the end of their beds or pulling at their sheets. And many hear what sound like furniture being moved around in a room that's next door to them or above them. When no one's staying there? Uh, Yes, like (laughs) at different points, like uh, the top floor was closed off to guests for probably remodeling or something. Or just because it wasn't suitable for habitation at the time. And people would hear things moving around or they thought construction workers were up there doing stuff. And there wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) But there was no one there. (laughs) Yeah, most of the haunting stuff I have are personal accounts. I found a ton of personal accounts from this place, like 20 at least. Fantastic. We have someone named Megan. Uh, When we stayed, we could hear children jumping rope and giggling in an empty room, and that's all she put. Uh, Then Brandy says, this place is definitely haunted. I stayed here with my brother, aunt, and grandmother when I was 15, so back in 2000. We heard many strange things in our room and in the hallway outside our room. I don't care what anyone says, this place has little spirits all over it. Little spirits. I'm wondering if they were, like when they were jumping rope, was it double dutch or were they just like... (laughs) I don't know. Crystal says... They sold it. It is being turned into a fancy boutique hotel. All I have to say is, have a nice day. Hope you like kids. <laughs> oh. Tracy says, I stayed there in 2000, woke up in the early hours of the morning to find a young boy uh, sitting next to my bed. I felt as if I had been having a conversation with him before I awoke. Must have been between 10 and 12 years of age. Very strange experience. Um, then the mighty chicken says the mighty chicken is not a feral chicken. I hope uh, no, <laughs> that's, that's from the, la- the last episode, the feral chickens. I stayed there a couple of years ago. We were warned by some of the residents about the ghosts of children who have lived there. I didn't believe the stories until I went to go to the loo in the middle of the night and the toilet flushed itself before I sat down to the loo. You know what? That happens to me all the time. I get those spastic motion flushers. 
I'm assuming this was not a motion flush toilet. Yes, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure they don't have motion sensor <laughs> toilets in a hostel. I mean, they might. You think people, you got everyone sharing that bathroom, you trust everybody to flush on their own? <laughs> yeah. I hate those toilets, though. I'd rather have the, the handle one where I can just pick my foot up and step on it. And, yeah. you know, because a, a, a lot of times either I'm invisible to the sensor or <laughs> it starts flushing before I sit down and then it flushes throughout. And I'm just like, I did, this is not a day. Like, you just <laughs> wrecked my whole day. Now I have to immediately go home and shower. Thank you. Uh, Elizabeth says, uh, me and my husband stayed at this haunted place because all the other hotels were booked. The bed kept shaking and rattling all night long. Children laughing, knocking at our door, <gasps> kicking, scratching the door, seeing shoes, little shoes running down under the door, bed breaking all through the night. I don't. I, bed breaking? What were maybe, you doing? <laughs> they broke the bed? It, maybe it was autocorrected. Maybe it was supposed to be shaking oh. all through the night. <laughs> I suppose. This is a haunted place for real. No joke. The bed shaking. There's at least one more account of the bed shaking, too. That's so rude. Apparently that's common. I used to have that problem. <laughs> it's rude. Matter of fact, that happened to us in... um. Well, happened to me in when we went, the hotel we stayed in. And remember, yeah. I thought it was like, oh, it must be a truck going by. And then when we looked out the window and realized, oh, that that road isn't for vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> and then we tried to recreate it, and it it wasn't. Um, we really couldn't. We couldn't really recreate the way it was shaking. Yeah, because like I was. I, think I, I remember laying down and you trying. And it wasn't moving. Yeah, it wasn't like it was. It wasn't easy to do. Maybe that's a Nola thing. The the spirits there just like to shake beds. Just fuck with your sleep. <laughs> Why me though? Well, you saw the you saw the guy though. Yeah, you woke up and saw the guy. I just had my bed yeah. shaking the whole week. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I keep distracting you. <laughs> bed shaking is um, rude. That was the point. People need to sleep. Yes. Tom says, I woke up early one morning to get ready for my drive back to Atlanta around 3.34 o'clock, and it definitely felt like someone was watching me having a cigarette on the balcony. Freaked me out. Other than that, we'll definitely come back next time I'm in New Orleans. Watching and judging you smoking. Yeah. <laughs> is what that was. Then Matt says, uh, stayed here for three nights, February 2015. They were renovating the top floor while I was here. All night on my first night, I heard people upstairs working, walking back and forth, clanking tools. I was drunk, so it didn't matter much. <laughs> One day I gave my key back and said something to the front desk about the noise. She said that no one was working up there for the past four days. <laughs> definitely haunted. Uh, definitely going to stay here there again as many times as possible so it was haunted but he liked it i mean some people are into that kind of thing so <laughs> so then carolyn says my husband and i stayed here because we couldn't find a room for jazz festival when we got there i asked the lady at the front desk if the place was haunted and she said honey i hope so <laughs> you uh the sepia tone pictures of the orphans were a little creepy but the room was nice. Mm. A 
few hours after we went to bed, I felt the corner of the bed rise up. I pushed it down, thinking it was the sheet pulling it up, but it raised up again. Then the bed began to shake. Mm -hmm. My husband woke up and said, is the bed shaking? (laughs) And then went back to sleep. I then saw a shadowy arm and hand coming up from the end of the bed. Uh -uh. I said, we're not here to take your room. We're only staying for one night. And it went away. Needless to say, I didn't get much sleep the rest of the night. (laughs) Want to see a hand reaching for me from around the bed? Oh, my God. That's cute, though. We're not here to take your room. Okay. Just checking. (laughs) Then Adrian says, my wife and I were looking for a haunted experience. We stayed in September 2015. We got there at night and started taking pictures. I didn't know much about the place, but we stayed on the second floor on the second wing. I woke up to lots of rattling and shadows. I thought I was tripping, so I went back to sleep. (laughs) Tripping balls. The next day, my wife and I were looking at the pictures I took, and to our surprise, images of spirits were flying out of the hotel. What? We were like, WTF. (laughs) That's what he wrote. He tried to upload the picture where I got, I came across these accounts Mm -hmm. and it didn't load. So I don't know what happened, but one of the other people that had experiences said, Hey, can you try that again? Because I want to see that picture. It didn't show up. Hmm. He might, he might've uploaded it and then taken it down or it might be incorrectly formatted or he might be full of shit. (laughs) And then we have Chuck's story. We stayed here because it was a cool option and a great location, which it's in the Garden District of New Orleans, by the way. <laughs> yeah, the Garden District is beautiful. Uh, when we first arrived at the house, it was beautiful and creepy at the same time. We got to our room in the second wing and were delayed by our toddler son playing with the walls, slapping and laughing at them. <laughs> Didn't think anything of it and entered our room. The place is... Old, so we didn't expect perfection, but little things like the cable outlet and the drawer were broken. Not a big deal, just meant we only had one channel. Shortly after getting settled on the bed, we heard a group of kids running loudly down our hall. My wife and I looked at each other like, oh great, they put a loud family in our wing with us. Oh no. Even my son looked at the door when he heard the commotion. About an hour passed, and we continued watching our one channel without interruption. My wife asked me when the place was built, and I turned to Google. It was only then that I found out we were staying in an 1800s orphanage. Surprise! Well known as being quite haunted, with many guests claiming they've heard, you guessed it, kids running and laughing down the halls. Oh no. (laughs) It was at this point that I realized I never heard those kids coming in or leaving through one of the doors in the wing. Never heard them enter or exit a room. Realized that it was a Tuesday night, and at no point in this small house did I see any families or kids whatsoever, only adults. Mm-hmm. All of this gave me goosebumps when I recalled our son playing with the walls when we arrived. I told my wife none of this for her own good. <laughs> we slept through the night without incident, and I would absolutely stay there again, just with a better understanding of what to expect. I'm a very realistic person, as is my wife, but something is definitely going on in this place. And our first instinct 
when I finally told my wife in the morning, wasn't actually fear, but sadness for those kids that are seemingly lost in the walls. We said a prayer, they would find their way, and left with a story to tell our son when he was older. I played patty cake with a ghost kid in the wild. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, hey, remember that time we went to New Orleans when you were, like, how, did they say how old he was? Uh, Two years old, I think. Two? Yeah, that's what I was, okay. Remember that time we went to New Orleans when you were two, and you, you, um, yeah, whatever, and the kid will be like, yeah, and I made a, I made my, that friend, Johnny, who came home with us. (laughs) <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. Kids are creepy. <laughs> it actually it didn't would... say an age. It just said two. I mean, it just said toddler. Oh, my gosh. Okay, yeah, because I was thinking two also, which would be, like, toddler age. Okay. Um, yeah, kids are creepy like that. They do that kind of shit. I don't know. <laughs> They're weird. Uh, then James says, uh, me and my wife and child stayed there on a visit to New Orleans. You could hear children laughing and running down the hallways, doors slamming. When you went in the hall to check, no one was there. Around 2 a.m., I felt one thing at the foot of my bed. I woke up, and there was a little boy standing there and grabbing my toe, latched on. When I jerked, he was gone. Freakiest thing ever. No joke at all. I just, oh, I'm trying to sleep. Don't touch me. (laughs) Yeah. That's what bothers me, like... Don't bother me when I'm trying to sleep. Unless you're a ghost cat, then you can bother me when I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> I would still prefer you didn't, though. Taylor says, we have stayed here three times. The first time and the last time, we took pictures of the left wing from the parking lot. And there were ghostly figures that looked like a KKK member in both pictures. Oh, no. The second time we went, we didn't take pictures but heard kids laughing and someone asked if we wanted to play in the hallway. There wasn't anyone in the hallway but us. Ah. And this person did put up his picture, and we can have a link so people can go look at that. To me, it doesn't look like a KKK member. It just looks like kind of more like a woman in white kind of ghost picture. Oh, I see why it looks like KKK, though, because I see a hood. Or unless that's a skull. Oh, that's fucking creepy. Oh, I don't like that. (laughs) No, I don't like that at all. Uh, The Michelle says, the top floor definitely haunted. There was more activity up there than throughout the entire building the week I stayed there. Yet at the time, in 2013, no one was allowed to go up there. No construction at all. And then I have a video that I came across on YouTube for from an investigation that was taking place there. And we can put up that link. And it's they were using the dowsing rods to communicate. Mm-hmm. And they got a lot of, like, positive swirly... I don't know. It kept swinging when it asked, swirly they asked dervish. it to swing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they got... A lot of like, okay, swing it around, and it would swing, and then okay, make it stop, and it would stop. But That's like, awesome. yeah, it was it was pretty cool. And so I then, guess that answers our question about how you use dowsing rods. <laughs> yes, it does. It's a our debate from two weeks ago. <laughs> and um, so while I was watching this, 
That was interesting in itself, the main content of the video. And then there were some other things going on in the foreign background. Oh boy. So at about 1.09, you can see something move between the woman and the video camera. And like when I saw it, I was like, yeah, and that's what a bug looks like when it goes across your screen. And the guy recording says right after I think that, we just had an amazing orb. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's definitely a bug. It like, it moves like a bug. It looks like a bug. Moves like a um, bug. Bug, bug. Looks like a bug. <laughs> bug, bug. All night long. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not really sorry. I just, yeah. Uh, then in the comments, um, someone says in the, in the doorway behind the woman, you can see a shadow walk from right to left. You can, but if you look close enough, I'm pretty sure it's a real person because she she's in this location where there's a doorway with a window in it and next to it's a skylight or a, not a skylight, side light. That's what it's called, a side light. A side I wrote it down. light? Like when a doorway is um, bracketed by like two tall skinny windows. I just always called them windows. I had no idea they had a specific name. <laughs> a side light. I mean, I guess that makes sense because the skylight is like a big window in the ceiling. Yeah. And then so they'd be big windows next to the – on the sides of the door. I don't know architect science. <laughs> okay, so like she's standing like kind of in the middle of the space and then behind her on the right's the door – and then the side light window, and then two other, like, normal-looking windows. I'm not sure if one of them is another door or not. I can't quite tell because it's kind of dark. But there's rooms behind these areas. Like, you can see that there's a room behind the door, and there's something else behind those other windows or doorways or something. But you can see this person walk from the right through all three of those windows and the doorway. All the way to the left side. And then disappears off off the camera screen to the far left. To the left, to the left. I'm sorry. I'm clearly in and, a musical mood today. <laughs> like, I, like, took... I took a good ten minutes, like, watching this person in the background. And I tried to pause it to see if I could tell, like, get a clearer view of him. Uh-huh. And when he's in one of the middle windows, you can you can definitely see flesh tones more. Then when he's on the far right, he just lo- literally looks like a shadow, and he goes pretty fast. So I think he knew that people were recording him, and he was trying not to get in their frame, but he needed to go somewhere else or something. That's what it looks like to me. <laughs> but it's pretty, it, like, when you first see it, it's like, oh my gosh! But then you see him, like, in the other windows, and I'm like, hmm, maybe not. <laughs> but it's interesting. So that's the other link that I emailed you. And we can okay. put that up somewhere. There's There was other comments that I, I didn't read out. Some of them were, like, just like, oh, I know that place. It's a cool place to stay, but I didn't have any experiences or, you know, mm-hmm. those kind of things. Or they're oh, really okay. long. <laughs> I have to correct myself from earlier when you first started, and I was like, I know that place. Because um, when you said it's in the Garden District, I was like, wait a minute. I don't think we that tour went to the Garden District. And so... I don't actually know that place. I know of another place. No. (laughs) 
where it was, I think it was like a, a convent or something, but it was run by nuns and they took in also like unwed mothers and infants and people. I think it's like a school or a music. I don't want to say that cause I don't know for sure. Um, mm-hmm. but they like people hear like babies crying. And so I want to say there's something like there's babies buried in the walls or something like mm. super morbid, but that's in the, in, it's in the French quarter. Okay. So I I looked it up while you were talking to see if it was the same building and it's not the same building. So I was mistaken earlier. I don't actually know this one. So <laughs> thank you for sharing. <laughs> yes, this one. Yeah, it's not, there's not too much like bad vibes about it. Just like playful kids. Just kids and, playing around. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was for young kids, like babies to age five. Like that's the age group here at this Aww. one. Yeah. Just remember to let them know I'm not taking your room. I'm only here for a night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I really, I really picture like a, a kid ghost. Okay, I'm just checking. And then the hand like slinks back into the shadows. <laughs> so mine also, there's reports of a child ghost running around my place. Um, not my place, my place, but the place I, I'm about to tell you about. I did the Dakota building in New York City. It sits at 1 West 72nd Street. So it's um, it's a co-op. So it's private. So unfortunately, you can't get in here unless you know somebody or unless you're super duper rich and are approved by the board. I'm not a co-op fan. <laughs> they have so many rules. I don't think I could ever live in a co-op. I was looking up to see if they had any availability. And yeah. they do. Most of the apartments are – probably all of them are multi-million. Um, oh, wow. But right now they have they have one going for $2 million. So hmm. it's a two bedroom and there's another one for 1.2 million. So it's a little bit lower, but then I was looking at the, the fees, the maintenance fees, yeah. $3,500 a month. Wow. So you gotta pay your, so it's for rich motherfuckers, but I mean, given who's lived there, I mean, you know, it, it's super, it's been super exclusive since it opened, I guess. Um, but okay, let's start from the beginning. Uh, construction started on October 25th, 1880 and completed Four years later, almost to the day, on October 27th, 1884. And it was built in an area at the time of Manhattan that was remote and empty. <laughs> I can't think. I can't. This sounds bizarre. I mean, well, I mean, because you remember where it was, right? We've been there. It's uh, right across the street from Strawberry Fields. Yeah. And around the corner from Alice's Teacup. Mm-hmm. That big gothic looking place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah, can you picture that area being I mean, I know all of Manhattan at one point was just like all trees, but it's hard to picture it with like nothing there. Yeah. It's all buildings and everything now. So um even Central Park because it's all like paved pathways and roads now. Anyway, um there's really nothing significant has happened here except for like from opening day, like the rich and famous have been have like flocked to it. I don't know really who was rich and famous in 1880 or 1884. I guess like steel tycoons or somebody. I don't know. Railroad tycoons. It was designated a New York City landmark in 1969. It was added to the National Register of Historic Places in 1972 and designated a National Historic Landmark in 1976. The facade underwent renovations in 2015. I remember that because I remember going by and like 
why is the Dakota all covered up? Because they had the <laughs> scaffolding with the black netting mm-hmm. so stuff doesn't fly off. Yeah. Residents have included Judy Garland, Rosemary Clooney, Leonard Bernstein, and of course John Lennon, probably the mm-hmm. most famous. Um, the front exterior was also used as the exterior for the apartment building in Rosemary's Baby. Oh, really? They Yeah, they didn't shoot the interior there, but the if you watch that movie when they do the exterior shots, it's mm-hmm. that's the Dakota. Um, Interesting. It's, so while there's – yeah. So while there's been tons of like um, celebrity residents, it's also worth noting that the Dakota's co-op board is super-duper picky and has denied prominent figures such as Billy Joel, mm-hmm. Judd Apatow – and Madonna. <laughs> I mean, I imagine it must be something like, oh, you're a musician. You're going to party all the time or something like that, right? But Judd Apatow, why would you deny Judd Apatow? He's <laughs> funny. I like his movies. So, I mean, that's most of the history. So, hey, ghost stories. <laughs> Reports of strange occurrences go back to, like, construction. I got just about all this information from the lineup.com and the 13th floor.tv. So we're going to hit the little girl first because, <laughs> I mean, she doesn't she doesn't really bother anybody, I guess. She's just cute. But the first report of her came from painters working in the building, and they saw the ghost of a, a young girl, long blonde hair, wearing a yellow taffeta. Taffeta? taffeta? Sounds like taffeta. Taffeta. <laughs> there you go. I'm like, it sounds like taffeta. Taffeta dress, a yellow taffeta dress, uh, white stockings, and black leather shoes with silver buckles, bouncing a ball in in a hallway. She said to the painters, it's my birthday, before disappearing down the hall. (laughs) Later, a woman waiting in the lobby saw the same girl go into what she thought was a room, but turned out to be a closet, and the girl was not there. So... Mm. She's been seen, she's seen pretty commonly, I guess, and that's like her habit is to run into what you think is a room and then you open it and it's just a closet like a storage closet or whatever mm-hmm. actress judy holiday was a resident here and after she passed in 1965 workers were repairing her apartment you know before they like flip it over for the next tenant and they mm-hmm. felt like they were being watched so mm-hmm. they're looking around like who's watching us you know they all have this eerie feeling and they see a ghostly figure of a young man with a child's face in the apartment Ugh. yeah gross the, so this one's more recent. Um, Frederick and Suzanne Weinstein, they hear footsteps in the apartment. Furniture and rugs move around on their own. One evening, Frederick was returning home from work, and he saw a chandelier lit up in his apartment, like from the street. So he's like, first of all, why are the lights on? Second of all, I don't have a chandelier. <laughs> so he goes upstairs, and he walks in the in the apartment, and he walks in, and no lights are on. Hmm. So then he goes into the dining room. Well, they didn't specify dining room. I assume it was the dining room. Where else do you put a chandelier? But he, uh, I guess the living room, I don't know, wherever. He goes to where he had seen the chandelier in the window. And, of course, the chandelier's not there because he doesn't own a fucking chandelier. He starts (laughs) inspecting the area and finds bolts in the ceiling where there once was a chandelier. Hmm. So I couldn't find, like, specific time frames for these guys, this couple. But... Um, I think from like Googling, I think this is like around, I mean, more recent. So like the nineties, two thousands, somewhere around there. Um, as opposed to everything else that kind of happens like 
in the 60s and 70s. <laughs> but they're, they're credited as the most recent um, stories. They um, So whatever's in their apartment, a lot of its stuff is aimed towards Frederick. He gets injured in the dining room a lot. Like he'll go to sit hmm. down at the table and the chair will be yanked out from under him as he sits. Oh. Oh, yeah. No. He's felt the rugs like pull as he's standing on them. So like he almost falls over. So poor oh, Frederick. Wow. So whoever's there doesn't like him. <laughs> uh, one of the porters had been experiencing objects in the basement moving around on their own. So he brought a tenant mm. down to show him. So as they're like investigating around whatever, a heavy metal bar flew across the room, nearly hit the porter, but like landed at his feet, like a stop just short and landed at his feet. And he mm-hmm. reached down to pick it up and it was too heavy to lift. Whoa. Yeah. So there had to have been like a lot of force there. Other reports from the basement detail the apparition of a short man with a long nose and a beard wearing a terrible wig and a frock yeah. coat. Uh, Rumpelstiltskin? Yeah. And, oh, and wireframe glasses. Um, the description matches Edward Clark, who built the Dakota, but died in 1882, two years before its completion. So hmm. I googled up a, uh, a photo a photograph, an old-timey photograph of Edward Clark, and mm-hmm. he kind of looks like John Lennon. Really? Yeah, but, like, with a weird beard. You know, back in the 1800s, the guys, they had those beards that they didn't yeah. go across their jawline. They went, like, under, like, under their jaw. Uh-huh. So, like, his chin is, it looks weird. But, and then his hair looks terrible. But like with the glasses and like the nose kind of looks like John Lennon's nose. It's weird. You'll see. I'll show you. <laughs> but I think he kind of looks like John Lennon, which is fucking weird. <laughs> Considering John Lennon lived and then died there. Yeah. So swinging it back to the 30s. I tried to keep this in time frame order, but I think I wrote down the story about the the Weinsteins before I realized, like, what their time frame was, so I'm a little bit out of order. John Painter, an electrician, he was one of the ones who encountered this strange little man. I think that's, like, the biggest difference I see between this guy and John Mm -hmm. Lennon is this guy is, like, short and portly and has a bad wig (laughs) and a weird beard. But, like, the (laughs) face looks... It's crazy. Okay, anyways, maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. Anyway, back to John (laughs) Painter here. In the, he worked he worked in this building as an electrician in the late 30s. So he apparently the wiring of the building was like super weird. And there was a lot of like doohickeys and thingamadoos that this guy had never seen before and like had no idea what they did. So he would spend time going like through mm-hmm. the wiring in the basement and like he'd find something that he didn't recognize and he'd fiddle with it and see what it was supposed to do and how it worked. And sometimes he brought some of the parts home to study to figure out what they were for. So... Mm-hmm. Either the wiring was really fucking jacked up or this guy was just maybe not on the right life path for himself at that point in time and maybe should have considered an alternate (laughs) career option. Call ITT Tech. What can ITT Tech do for you? One night, he was down in the basement fiddling with his little unfamiliar doohickey when out of the shadows came this short man with wire rimmed glasses and a beard and a bad wig. And he walked right up to Painter, like stalked up to him. And stared him down for, like, a full minute, like, just, like, fumed at him, yanked his wig off, and angrily shook it in Painter's face before he just straight up vanished. 
So he's like really – so we assume – assuming that it, that is Edward Clark, like he's like pissed. He's like fiddling around with the building or something I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And then it says that John Painter encountered the spirit four other times. But I'm just like – I just love this little short fat guy like stalking up to him and like shaking like – ripping his wig off his head and shaking it in his face. Mm-hmm. In the 70s, there was a mysterious vandal dubbed the Phantom of the Dakota, who no one could seem to catch in action. The building had had new elevators installed, and they were being continuously slashed up. Like, somebody was going into the elevator with, like, some kind of knife or blade and slashing up the panels Hmm. and the walls. So, like, deep slashes, like, high up on the wall. So they were – because, you know, your first thought's probably, like, hooligans – because um, it's the yeah. 70s, you know, kids are on drugs and gangs. So, but they figured they were too, well, no, if you're that old, you're not really a kid anymore. But I don't know, whatever. Apparently their first instinct was kids, but the slashes were too high up, like a, a child mm-hmm. couldn't have reached. So I don't know. Um, they'd replace the panels and then within days they would be slashed up again. And nobody ever like caught who did it like nobody was ever seen doing it they just like Mm. one morning someone would get in the elevator and they'd be all fucked up again while this Mm -hmm. is going on at the same time there's piles of shredded paper being found in the hallways of the ninth floor arranged (laughs) in a manner that it looked like somebody was ready getting ready to like start a fire with it okay so residents were starting to get freaked out because they're like who's sabotaging our building like who's trying to like someone's gonna get hurt. What do you? What's happening? So they start like finger pointing and spreading rumors, and accusations mm-hmm. are going around. And then one day, a can of paint fell off the roof into the courtyard, just barely missing a tenant. Ooh! And like if it would have hit him, he would have been killed because that building is. God, how many stories is that building? I want to say at least ten or twelve. It's pretty tall. There was no painting or remodeling going on at the time, so there was no yeah. reason for paint to have even been up there. Uh, after this, a group of residents set up a super secret spy club. <laughs> they, they stood in hiding spots with binoculars and spied on everyone and like kept track of comings and goings and all that. The most illicit activity they found were all of the spouses having affairs. <laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. Rich people, right? What else do you do? Uh, Some people believe that the Phantom was actually Edward Clark back again, unhappy with the new elevators and throwing a fit. And then probably the most famous account, what most of us know the Dakota for. Well, I say most of us, but apparently I've said that before and then got a message from a near and dear friend telling me, I've never heard of this. (laughs) So I'm sorry if you didn't know this already, but. Definitely Beatles fans. Maybe I should specify that. Beatles fans probably know this building. Um, (laughs) The murder of John Lennon, um, former former Beatle, um, it took place in front of the South Entrance on 72nd Street. Um, We'll get to that in a minute. But he lived there with Yoko Ono, his wife. And before his death, he also had experiences, like paranormal experiences in the building with um, a woman he dubbed the crying lady. Mm -hmm. Uh, Others have reported seeing her as well. She walks the halls and cries. Mm. She's believed to be the ghost of Elise Vesley, the Dakota building manager from the 30s through the 50s. So Elise's son was hit by a truck outside the building and killed. 
She oh. was never the same. Yeah, she was never the same again after that. I mean, how could you be, right? Um, yeah. But she became like extra nice and also extra protective of the children living in the building, which makes sense. Like, you know, she lost mm-hmm. her kids. Yeah. So she's thought to be roaming the halls to check up on the kids that live there now. And there was also a theory posed that she's there with um, the little girl with the bull, mm, yeah. keeping her company and safe and everything. On December 8th, 1980, John Lennon was outside the south entrance of the Dakota. He came. He was coming back, I think, from a recording session. He was, he was just returning home with Yoko Ono. And um, Mark David Chapman approached and shot him four times in the back. Lennon was transported to Roosevelt Hospital where he was pronounced DOA. Yoko Ono, as of 2015, was still living there. I think she still does. But I'm not sure the the latest article that I found about it was from 2015, and it said that she was still living there. But the most famous story of John Lennon is her at home, seeing him walking into the room and seeing him sitting at his piano, and he turned around to her and said, "Don't be afraid, I am still with you," and then disappeared. Uh-huh. It makes me really sad, but also I saw – I watched a documentary about him recently mm-hmm. that completely destroyed my image of him. Yeah. <laughs> like I had no idea he was kind of a piece of shit. Um, but mm-hmm. he made beautiful music, so I guess we forgive that. Um, in 1983, so three years after he died, Joey Harrow and – Amanda Moores saw Lennon standing at the entrance of the Dakota and say that he was surrounded by an ominous light. Moores said she almost walked up to him to talk to him, but that he had this look on his face that he wasn't in the mood to like entertain anybody. Like he wasn't like, don't approach me, you know, that Mm -hmm. like, I'm not in the mood today. And then I wonder through this story, at which point she realized that he's been dead for three years. (laughs) <laughs> like you oh there's john let me go say hi oh wait he died three years ago mm-hmm. so unfortunately the dakota is they have pretty adamant um doormen <laughs> read security guards at the entrances mm-hmm. um it is right across the street from it's on uh it's 172nd street so it's 72nd and Central Park West, which is 8th Avenue. Um, and it's right across the street from Strawberry Fields in Central Park, mm-hmm. uh, which was um, made for John. So, but yeah, if you're like into that like dark tourism thing, you can absolutely like walk on the sidewalk where he died if you so desire. And, mm. you know, I don't know, maybe if you hang out all night, you might get a glimpse of him standing outside. Um, but as far as getting into the building, unless you're super duper rich and are approved by the co-op board, or if you know somebody who lives inside, you're not getting in there, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> but the sidewalk is free game. So that's it. That's the Dakota. Super short. But wow, there was a lot more. Like, I only ever knew it for John Lennon. I didn't know mm-hmm. that there were more stories associated with it. So that made me kind of excited. So I was like, oh, yay, there's more. I can do this one. Uh, so that wraps it up for episode 48. Was this 48? Jesus. There's only two yeah. more episodes until we're on a break again. 
Find us on Instagram and Twitter at MyFaveHunting. Find us on Facebook. Join our Facebook group, My Favorite Haunted Group, the home of the Paranormies. Is that it? Thanks for potting with us. Wash your hands. <laughs> Scrub-a-dub-dub. I was about Wash to say something, but then my stomach made a really big noise. Oh, no, because you so need to eat. I thought um, maybe I should just be quiet so you could cut it out. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Do you remember what you were going to say? Do you still want to say it? Uh, no, it was just like, see you later or something like that. Oh. Wash your fucking hands. 30 seconds with soap. Sing a song. Oh, COVID-19. La, 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 la. I don't know that song, but it's stuck in my head.